0: The podcasts are taken from the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 83 is entitled, Liberalism Part 2.
1: On December 13, 2022, the Subcommittee on Civil Rights and Civil Liberties of the Committee on Oversight and Reform, House of Representatives, 117th Congress, second session met for the seventh and final time on the subject of white terrorism. The following is the opening statement by the Honorable Jamie Raskin, chairman of the subcommittee presiding.
0: Well, I want to recognize myself for an opening statement. I want to thank our excellent witnesses for joining us today. This is our seventh, and it is our final of several years' worth of hearings that we've conducted on the problem of violent white supremacy, a traditional and pernicious enemy of the voting rights, the civil rights, and the civil liberties of the American people.
1: From statements such as pernicious enemy of the voting rights, the civil rights, and the civil liberties of the American people, would you like to guess the foregone conclusion of the committee on who the enemy is? Let me give you another clue provided by the Honorable Jamie Raskin, a Democrat representing Maryland's 8th Congressional District, an attorney, law professor, and Harvard graduate. Quote,
0: in prior hearings over the last three years, long before violent insurrectionalists bearing Confederate battle flags overran the Capitol on January 6, 2021, we found that violent white supremacy and its partner, anti democratic extremism, today constitutes the most serious domestic terror threat facing our people.
1: The committee met seven times. Let me remind you of the theme of Committee Meeting No. 6 held September 29, 2021, as suggested by the following statements from the transcript.
0: 1. The protest that turned into a riot and an insurrection had been promoted and incited by then-President Donald Trump. 2. Well-trained battalions of domestic violent extremists consisted of Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, QAnon Followers, Aaron Nations, Boogaloo Boys, armed militiamen, white Christian nationalists, and other violent extremists. They rallied behind the banner of Donald Trump's big lie. Three, and yet Trump's big lie unified these disparate violent groups into a mass street movement to stop the steal and storm the to interrupt the counting of electoral college votes for the very first time in the history of the United States, nearly toppling the peaceful transfer of power in our country. for During the Trump administration, top officials focused on the threat posed by far-left extremism, while a right-wing insurrection against the Capitol was planned in plain sight on social media in the newspapers, on the airwaves. Five, 90% of those plots were committed, as you can see, by domestic extremists, 67% by far-right groups. Six, countering violent extremism in the Trump era, which estimates that 85% of countering violent extremist grants and over half of the programs targeted minority groups. 7. New York Times report from February 2021. It detailed how the Trump administration's obsession with Antifa hindered federal law enforcement's attempt to counter the rising tide of right-wing violence. 8. The report details how personnel and other resources were diverted from investigations into white supremacist and far-right anti-government groups, to satisfy President Trump's desire to target so-called Antifa activists.
1: In other words, the violent white supremacists are Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. Now, having established that white supremacists are led by Donald Trump and his supporters, Committee Meeting number 7 held on January 13, 2021, focused on white supremacists. There was only one mention of Donald Trump in the seventh session as follows.
0: After receiving death threats to themselves and their families, four of the ten Republican House members who voted to impeach Donald Trump in twenty twenty one opted against running for reelection.
1: The implication is that they were afraid of retaliation for Donald Trump and the white supremacy. Though the name Donald Trump only appeared once in the transcript, the january sixth riots at the Capitol, which was blamed entirely on Donald Trump, dominated the meeting.
0: 1. And so the groups that are out on the streets of, in different states and cities, that arrive in Washington on January 6th were calling themselves malicious. 2. The coup plotters, many of whom were heavily armed when arrested, were inspired by the American insurrection of January 6th and are followers of deranged online QAnon conspiracy theories. Three. Parliamentary actors, including some who participated in the January 6 attack, have successfully run for office in multiple states. They've taken over local GOP executive committees, where they aggressively push the party from its establishment roots toward the fringe, and they've sought to recall elections of moderate Republicans in favor of election deniers and extremists.
1: The term white supremacy appears in the transcript of the seventh meeting on the subject of white terrorism 53 times. Other terrorist groups are mentioned in passing but dismissed as unimportant and not worth discussing. Does that cure you of any illusions that the committee supported by our tax dollars is going to be objective? Logical fallacies are arguments with inherent flaws, discrepancies, irrelevancies, and inconsistencies. One such logical fallacy is called hasty generalization. In which you hold an entire group responsible for the actions of one or more of its members acting alone and that is the fallacy committed here hasty generalization the committee provides examples but not data there's no chinese proverb for example is not proof the term white supremacy as used by the committee appears to mean supremacists who are also white but it doesn't to make that clear the left in their public rhetoric use the term Systemic racism, when referring to whites, which means all whites are genetically programmed to be racist. In other words, all whites are racist. Many even claim that people of color cannot be racist, regardless of behavior, because they are not white. They lack the racist gene, so much for free will. The 53 references to white supremacy means exactly what it says. White supremacy is systemic. Whites are genetically programmed to be racist. They use the same techniques with white Christian nationalism, as I will demonstrate. Regardless of pretended denial, the message is that all white Christians are insurrectionists. And since whites are associated with Christianity, all Christians are insurrectionists, because they oppose the agenda of the left. That is the message of the meeting. The term Christian nationalism appears 39 times. In other words, white supremacists and white Christians cannot be distinguished. They belong to the same genetic pool and are a threat to democracy. During the meeting, they give some examples, but no tangible data. No studies, no charts, no numbers that mean anything, no comparisons. Its strength lies on gory examples of horrendous crimes. The logical fallacy here is called argumentum ad baculum or appeal to the stick or appeal to fear because of acts committed by white people, white Christian people, white Christian nationalists, white domestic terrorists, white extremists. I have only analyzed the minutes of two of the seven meetings. One I wrote about previously, the ploy is the same. The theme is the same. The hate speeches of the left condemning the hate speeches of the right are the same. Let's continue with the chairman's introduction.
0: It would be comforting here to believe that the threat of violent white supremacy has subsided here in America in the wake of more than 900 criminal prosecutions being brought by the United States Department of Justice against January 6th insurrectionists and rioters for assaulting federal officers, destroying federal property, interfering with a federal proceeding, engaging in seditious conspiracy, which means conspiracy to overthrow or put down the government, and numerous other offenses. But the threats have not subsided, and are very much still with us today
1: he failed to mention that there were 900 criminal prosecutions because the left has weaponized the justice department the fbi and the department of homeland security to specifically target the rioters of january 6th no effort was made to target the hundreds of other violent riots that resulted in looting burning robbing and murder in fact most of all of the rioters were discharged without any penalty only the January 6th riders felt the full force of our justice system. Many are still incarcerated. The riot of January 6th was different. As disjointed and unorganized as it appeared under camera, it was called by the left seditious conspiracy to overthrow the government. They were unarmed, except for flagpoles bearing Confederate flags. Again, the target was not those riders, whom I do not condone or defend or sympathize with. On camera, they looked silly foolish and misguided as if they didn't know what they were doing there. Some of them took tours guided by the police, who, to the police's credit, wanted to avoid what they justifiably thought was an incendiary situation. Mobs are unpredictable at best. The target for the left, however, was not the rioters. The target was Donald Trump, proven by the fact that they spent millions of dollars of tax money trying to prove that Donald Trump was personally responsible for the January 6th riot, just as he was involved in Russian hoax and the other get Trump at any cost attempts. Let's continue with the Honorable Jamie
0: Raskin. We live in a violent society, and the violence exists across the spectrum of political extremism. But the movement of violent white supremacy and anti-government extremism lead America in fomenting terroristic violence and disseminating propaganda to incite it. Both the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security identify white supremacy as the most lethally dangerous domestic terror threat our country faces
1: the above paragraph of 61 words contains the following phrases violent society violence exists political extremism violent white supremacy anti-government extremism fomenting terroristic violence disseminating propaganda to incite it meaning violence white supremacy the most lethally dangerous domestic terror threat. That is 50% of the paragraph. They feed words like bullets into a Gatling gun and fire them at the following citizens. Donald Trump, who has become the 2023 Goldstein of Orwell's 1984, and MAGA Republicans, conservatives, and white Christians. Those are the enemies in the meetings by the Subcommittee on Civil Rights and Civil Liberties of the Committee on Oversight and Reform of the House of Representatives. Do you grasp the significance of that? Can you see where our country is and where it is going? Our Congress has declared war against half of America, and they're weaponized in the Justice Department, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, the IRS, as well as Democratic judges, district attorneys, etc. As illustrated by Bragg in New York City, they're declaring another civil war in America. The criminals are conservatives, all conservatives who do not agree with all the policies of the left. Do you recall the Judge Kavanaugh hearings? That was a battlefield. The war is not waiting to happen. It is already happening. The rhetoric of the left has become very scary. The death threats against the Supreme Court justices who voted to overturn Roe v. Wade were treated cavalierly by the Justice Department, though the protesters clearly violated the Constitution. But both the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security have no problem identifying white supremacy as the most lethally dangerous domestic terror threat our country faces. Anti-government extremism means anyone who opposes the agenda of the left. Also consider that parents who protested at school board meetings that schools were teaching children at an extremely young age that they should change their sex were called domestic terrorists. To the left, anti-government extremism, white supremacy, and white Christian nationalists, all who are identified as terrorists are made up of any who oppose the agenda of the left. That is the definition of white supremacy and white Christian nationalism. They're selling that to the American people. Let's continue with the Honorable Jamie Raskin's opening remarks, which set the tone for the meeting.
0: This hearing will help us to understand the continuing evolution of the white supremacist and extremist anti-government movement, specifically the strategic turn of major far-right groups to focus their wrath on local governments and school boards since the January 6th riot and insurrection, and subsequent federal criminal prosecutions. The mobilization of white supremacist groups to attack the LGBTQ community in private clubs and public places. The emergence of Christian nationalism as an organizing ideological principle. The growing prominence of the Great Replacement Theory as a unifying field conspiracy theory. For the motivation of far right wing politics.
1: As said earlier, though Trump's name was only mentioned once, the january sixth riot is repeated again and again, which is blamed on Trump. Keep this in context, during these meetings they are still accusing Trump of causing the january sixth riot. That is their primary goal, to get Trump at all costs. In fact, the primary goal of the Democratic dominated committee on the january sixth riots was to destroy Donald Trump. They eliminated the opposition, and they conveniently left out any evidence that would exonerate Trump. Since Donald Trump became president, the left has been searching for a crime to fit him, as illustrated most recently by the raid on Mar-a-Lago in the New York City Bragg episode. Evidence, as noted in the Russian hoax, has never been relevant. Before proceeding, let me explain the Great Replacement Theory. According to Global Project Against Hate and Extremism, The Great Replacement Conspiracy Theory is a white supremacist, xenophobic, and anti-immigrant concept that posits white people are being replaced by immigrants, Muslims, and other people of color in their so-called home countries. Such incendiary rhetoric is why you cannot have a rational discussion with the left. There are two questions that must be addressed. The first question can easily be answered with data. Are white people being replaced by immigrants, Muslims, and other people of color in their home countries? Yes or no? What do the demographics say? Opinion is irrelevant. What does the data say? The next question is, is one culture being replaced by another? What are the effects on the existing government? But no one is allowed to ask the question without being called hate mongers, extremists, white supremacists, xenophobic, anti-immigrant, anti-Semitic white nationalist, anti-democratic, and bigoted. That is what a yes or no answer will get you. You are guilty of being a great replacement conspiracist if you ask how is America being changed by allowing millions of illegal immigrants to flood our borders. The new mayor of Chicago wants illegal immigrants to be allowed to vote. How will that change the politics of America? However, if you ask that question, you are a white supremacist. You are xenophobic. You are anti-immigrant name calling is a way of closing all discussion free speech is the first casualty of political correctness the same issue surrounds gender identity gay marriage transgenderism if you dare say that gender is an act of nature central to procreation you are transphobic homophobic genderphobic, and whatever the phobia they can attach to you a phobia is a mental illness meaning if you defy the left you are mentally ill that is a kind of language that dominated the minutes of the two sessions I analyzed. It was more of a tirade than a responsible meeting. All the decisions were made before the meeting began. Let's examine closely the rhetoric of the above meeting. Obviously, I don't have time to analyze every assertion. The minutes are available on the Internet. The following is a statement by Carolyn B. Maloney, New York carewoman of the Committee on Oversight and Reform. It has the same tone as Chairman Raskin.
0: White supremacy is one of the most terrible threats to our democracy today. Both the FBI and the DHS recognize white supremacy as the deadliest domestic terror threat facing the United States. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, there are more than 733 hate groups operating in the United States today. This includes 98 white nationalist groups, 61 anti-Semitic groups, 50 anti-Muslim groups, 65 anti-LGBTQI plus groups, 16 neo-Confederate groups, and 18 Ku Klux Klan groups. This is a horrifying amount of people and numbers, and hate is on the rise here in our country. That is why it's critical that Congress continue to shed light on this growing cancer and come up with substantive solutions to address hate and violence. We may disagree on politics, but there is no room in this country for discrimination, violence, and hate.
1: You do see the irony. So far, everything in the meeting has been nothing but a hate speech. It reminds me of one of the many great scenes in John Milton's Paradise Lost. Satan has just returned triumphantly from the Garden of Eden, expecting applause from all his followers. Instead of applause, however, everyone loses the power of speech and start hissing at each other, creating chaos. Assuming Sherwin Maloney's information is accurate, the following are the groups the left wants you to associate with white conservatives and white Christians. They are anti-Semitic, anti-Muslim, anti-LGBTQI+, and KKK guilt by association. Let me remind you again that white supremacists are at the top of the committee's hit list with 53 mentions and white Christian nationals are next with 39 mentions. In other words, they are the biggest threat, meaning whites, Christians, and mega-Republicans who are compared to the KKK and other terrorist groups.